Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, well, we'll go with you. So they went out and got in the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples didn't realize it was him. He called out to them, friends, have you, have you had any fish? No, they answered. And he said, throw your nets on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish they caught. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say that, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and he jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards or so. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals, and there was fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you've just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. All right, go ahead and grab a seat. Thank you, Terry, for reading that. And Todd, thank you for sharing your story. And Olivia, just beautiful, beautiful worship. I'm trying to get my, my mind wrapped around what it was like for those disciples. Terry read that passage from John 21. The, the, the shock, the confusion, the questions that were surrounding the resurrection. Well, what, what did it mean? And here, this story, we have the third appearance of Jesus to his disciples. And John said it, it happened this way. And John tells this very unique, intriguing story about Jesus standing on the shore. You know, Peter was discouraged. He's with six other guys. They're hanging out, and Peter says, you know what? I don't know what to make of this, so I'm going to go fishing. Back to his old lifestyle. He'd grown up a fisherman before Jesus called him to follow him. And the other six guys go, well, I don't know what to do, so we're going with you. I'm going out to fish. And they fished all night long. And they caught nothing. Maybe you've had that kind of a situation. I call this liminal space. You know what liminality is? Liminal space is that in-between place where you're transitioning from one life, one stage, to the next. Todd experienced that liminal space when he had a heart attack. What's my life going to be like? Where am I headed from here? 
It's the in-between time. The disciples were in the in-between time. They couldn't quite figure out what was happening. Jesus had been crucified. All their dreams and their hopes had been dashed. And then he begins to show up again. And they can't quite figure it out. I remember hitting my head, getting knocked out. You know what it's like when you sort of begin to come to and you can't quite figure out what has happened to me, this shock to the system. And as their dreams have been dashed, you know, oftentimes when we begin to lose hope, when life is not going the way we hoped it would go, we have a tendency to slip backwards, to go back to the old lifestyle to go back to that which we are familiar with. For Peter, it was fishing. They fished all night. Early in the morning, Jesus is standing on the shore. They didn't know it was him, but 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 he calls out. And I think there's a little bit of a snark in Jesus' voice. When he sees the disciples out there fishing, toiling all night, catching nothing, and he says to them, friends, haven't you caught any fish? And that sparks a memory in John's mind. He remembers way back three years prior when Jesus called them to follow him while they were fishing. And they go, we haven't caught anything. Well, throw your net on the other side of the boat. Do you, do you grasp how ridiculous that is? These are trained fishermen fishing all night long. And this Yahoo guy on the shore says, well, just try the other side of the boat. Well, it's the same lake. It's the same water. They throw it over onto the right side, and they just catch so many fish. Bringing John back to the beginning of their adventure. You know, I want to remind you that the call of Jesus in your life no matter how long ago it was that you began to think about this Jesus thing, it's exactly the same today as it was back then. It's as fresh today as it was back then. Jesus is still standing on the shore, and he's got a little attitude. You notice what he said? He said, hey, hey, friends. Jesus' call starts with hearing him call you his friend. Jesus wants to be your friend, and it begins to clear the fog. You know, life has a way of beating us down, and there's a lot of narratives that we hear, a lot of things that will cause us to begin to lose faith. And discouragement can set in, and we can go backwards. When we hear Jesus call us by name, hey, Hey, friends, it can clear away that fog and that discouragement. So John remembers, and John says, hey, hey, that's the Lord. And what does Peter do? I love Peter. They're all talking about, well, yeah, no, I think that is Jesus. It looks like Jesus on the shore. And what does Peter do? Peter's stripped down for work. He grabs his cloak, puts it on, and flings himself into the water and swims toward Jesus. Now, normally, when you're going to jump into the water or your ship is sinking, you don't want to put a bunch of clothes on. Peter just flings himself into the water and swims where? He swims 
toward Jesus. Now, Peter remembers a few verses earlier at another resurrection appearance where they had heard that the tomb was empty and John and Peter start running and John beat Peter to the empty tomb. And Peter says, not this time, bro. And he is in the water, swimming full bore towards Jesus. And the other disciples follow in the boat. They're towing this giant net of fish. John says in the story that when they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. They saw a fire of burning coals with fish on it and some bread. And Jesus says, hey, hey, bring some of the fish that you caught. This is so intriguing to me. Jesus evidently was on the shore, having been risen from the dead, and what is he doing? He's cooking breakfast. He's cooking up his own breakfast. He's got some fish on some burning coals with a little bit of bread. And then Jesus says to the guys, Hey, bring some of the fish that you just caught. Hey, there's going to be more people at the table. So, so, so bring, some, bring some fish that you've caught. Peter goes back in the boat and he, and he hauls this net of 153 plump fish onto shore. And then Jesus says to them, come and have breakfast. Now that statement has been so intriguing to me. When I think about the resurrection, I think about what was going through Jesus' mind at this moment. He is the almighty God come in the flesh to give his life as a sacrifice for the sins of the world and the excruciating suffering on the cross and he gives up his last breath, crying out, it is finished. And they put him in the tomb. And three days later, he rises back to life. Imagine how giddy Jesus must have been. Giddiness. He's clicking up his heels and he's cooking breakfast. And he's going after those disciples who were discouraged and who had begun to lose hope. Why is this story included in the sacred text? I have a sneaky hunch that on Easter sometimes we over-spiritualize the resurrection. We don't really think about the tangible nature that Jesus rose again as a human in his body. I want you for a moment, I want you, if you can, just wiggle your toes. Just right now, wiggle your toes. And I want you to, to take a breath and just breathe, just breathe in. And in solidarity with Todd, I want you, I want you right now, just pay attention to the fact that your heart is beating. 
Jesus was in a human body. When Jesus rose from the dead, he did not stop being human. Today, Jesus still has a body. And he said to the disciples, come and have breakfast. There's Peter dripping wet. He's got an armload of fish. There are fish guts on the sand. And there's the real Jesus with blood flowing through his veins, breath in his lungs and his heart still beating, his toes able to wiggle. And I just can't imagine the feeling of exultation that must have been going through Jesus, that it really was finished. And they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. It doesn't sound very glorious and very spiritual. But Jesus wants to have breakfast. You know, Jesus is on the shore to turn this into a metaphor. Jesus is on the shore and oftentimes we don't recognize him. He's standing, he's waiting, he's watching, and he's inviting. Jesus is alive, and he's right here, right now, standing on the shore. While oftentimes we labor, with no catch. We wonder, is it worth it? Where's this all going? What am I doing? Part of the good news is that if breakfast matters to Jesus, then everything else matters. There is no part of your life this moment that the resurrected Jesus fully human fully God is interested in aware of and cares deeply about because you and I whether you realize it or not are living in a much bigger story than going fishing you've been invited into this grand story That includes fishing, every detail of your life. And the good news this morning is that we're invited to step forward into that story. You know, that's what faith looks like. It's to take a step forward. It's to say, Jesus, I'm going to trust you with my life. So for some of you, what that looks like this morning is for you to realize that Jesus is standing on the shore of your life. And for you, the step of faith may be just to turn your attention toward Jesus and acknowledge that he's there. It might be the very first time you've ever done anything like that in your life is to just say, okay, 
I'm going to take a look and see them on the shore. For others of you, it may be to hear his voice and to say, okay, I'll throw my nets on the other side of the boat. The left side of the boat has not been working for me. And Jesus said, hey, trust me. Take your nets and throw them on the other side of the boat and just see what happens. That might be the line of faith for you to step across and to say, yes, Jesus, I'll take the risk. It looks foolish. It doesn't make any sense, but I'm going to throw my nets on the other side of the boat. For others of you, it's going to be a little more scary. You're going to put your cloak on and you are going to throw yourself into the water. And you're going to start swimming toward Jesus. Reckless, abandoned. I am all in. I'm getting wet. I'm going under the water. I'm going to point my nose toward Jesus. For some of you, you know what it's going to be? You're going to come up out of that water. And you're going to notice there's some burning coals with a fire. Some fish on it and some bread. And Jesus calls you his friend and he says, come on, let's have breakfast. For some of you, it's going to be to join in. When Jesus called disciples, he said, this is my family. These are my friends. And he's going to invite you to come on in and have breakfast, to join in with this family. And say, I'll be part. I'll come and I'll explore together. When in two weeks, Todd talks about what it's like walking with God in the darkness. I'm going to start this journey, be connected to this family. I'm going to come next week when James has been working on this sermon. What a Christian is not. If breakfast matters to Jesus, then everything else matters as well. This morning, there is no part of your life that you can't offer to him in faith. Olivia, why don't you come back up here? We're going to sing a final song. This is Amazing Grace. For many people, the beginning with Jesus is to acknowledge that the grace God gives us is amazing and you'll notice a couple lyrics in this song who brings chaos back to order who could possibly bring order to the chaos that is in my life the answer is the lamb who was slain the king who conquered the grave so i want to invite everyone if you would stand on your feet. Olivia's going to lead us. I want to invite you to sing as an act of faith, recognizing that Jesus is right here on the shore.
and he calls you his friend. Will you step across that line of faith and trust him?